Welcome to Spirit in the Schools, a show revealing the Holy Spirit through self-gift and education. And now, here's your host, Mr. Zach Coyle. Spirit in the Schools! Welcome back, listeners, to Spirit in the Schools, where we share stories from education that show the Holy Spirit and practical tips for family life. Today's topic asks an important question, can we actually learn to become more patient? Spoiler alert, yes is the desired answer, but we'll get to that. I'm here with John Pratt. He is the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Fort Wayne South Bend. Welcome, John. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Zach, for having me. It is a joy. I've known John for about five years now, so it's really great to work with you uh, now on the podcast. So welcome. This is great. So, John, on the topic of patience, you took on the role about five years ago, I think, in in your current position. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I started working for the diocese as the director of youth ministry uh, five years ago. And uh, in 2022, now I'm director of youth and young adult ministry. Awesome. So that is a very new addition to include young adult and a very needed addition. I think that's probably in the national scene. I mean, of course, I only have my own you know, personal experience to draw from Baltimore and, and from Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, and one year in Bridgeport. But young adult was a population almost entirely, not quite entirely, but almost entirely neglected. So I think it's a real joy that that is a part of your core responsibilities now, and, and we'll get to that. Um, but thank you for all that you do there. So you also have a new associate director in the position. And so tell us a little bit about Jocelyn when she started. And you have an office of two people, right? So give me a little background on her start. Yeah. Uh, so Jocelyn, she's a, an ECHO grad. She came to us most recently from the Diocese of Lafayette. She's working at a parish there. Mm-hmm. And so she joined our team in uh, March of 2022. And uh, so she's the associate director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry. And it's been very energizing for both of us to be able to work as a team and to also realize that our gifts are different. Um, and it's been really helpful for both of us to be able to lean on on, on the gifts and the talents and uh, what we find energy doing and, sure. you know, how the Lord has blessed us and to be able to uh, divide the, the work and the ministry accordingly to like how the Lord has blessed us. So that's been a unique gift to having a, having a, uh, having a team. Well, it's wonderful to have a team, right? There's so many dioceses in our nation that might not have anything for young adult, maybe nothing for youth even at the diocesan level. And if they do, they might have one staff person, which you you lived solo really for many years. So, well, John, one of the things that comes to my heart is that when we're thinking about patience today, you've had a tremendous opportunity in these five years to work on all kinds of new programs that five years later have really borne some fruit and some continuity. So I thought we could talk a little bit about that and and maybe just kind of open up with that first question of what are some core priorities for you and for Jocelyn right now? What are, what are things that you're hoping to get done? What are some programs that you are giving life to? What are you working on? Great. Well, thanks. Uh, so supporting <clears throat> our youth leaders themselves is critical. When I first started in youth ministry seven years ago, I misunderstood the role of a youth minister. I thought I was the one who was supposed to do youth ministry. And it kind of sounds obvious like that that should be your role. But uh, like you're a school principal. And like, so what is your role in the school? I love that you're putting it back on me, right? Yeah. Uh, You know, I think my first role is truly to lead the community to Christ, right? But I I do that by serving my teachers. So I'm not the teacher for 
every one of our 766 children. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't work that way, right? So we, right. Um, God willing, and, and when I say teach teachers, not even that, actually the reality is that our teachers sincerely are teaching me not yeah. only their content and, you know, because I have a background in secondary education. So uh, still, though I have many years as a primary principal, I'm still learning a lot about primary education. But, you know, the blessing at St. Vincent's for me is that we have disciples of the Lord who are so serious about their faith. So they are teaching me a lot, but I, I do get to work to support them. And I do get to work to, God willing, inspire some new element of how the Lord is working in our community and, and help us grow towards the Lord's kingdom in, in practical ways. Yeah. So when you're saying that, oh, the youth minister isn't actually doing the youth ministry, that actually does make sense to me. Yeah. But what does that look like from the youth ministry angle, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and it's not that the youth minister doesn't do youth ministry, but I think often it's very easy, both from the parish community and the youth minister themselves to be, oh, you've been hired or you volunteered to be a youth minister. And so your role is to minister to all the young people in the parish. Like it sounds straightforward. Right. But in reality, their role is to make sure that the young people are ministered to. Yes. Um, and uh, so when I was a youth minister, uh, fresh out of college and working in a small parish, I, I was like, I'm the one supposed to be ministering to him. True to a point. But I didn't do enough to build a team. I didn't do enough to um, see the gifts that other people had me. I, I had people support me. So I did have a team, but I could have done more. And I could have uh, reached the young people more and realized that the young people themselves had gifts to give. Well, I uh, think that's a beautiful thing. So so those you're serving can actually be vital to achieving the ministry itself, yes. right? But you're also thinking about like, so what happens when the Lord calls you on? He gave you a new opportunity mm-hmm. here in our diocese, right? So if you're the only one doing all of the youth ministry, there's at best an X week or month gap until the next minister is hired. And at worst, oh, a total loss of programming. We, we don't know what we're doing, right? Uh, yeah. So how do you see the role now? Like, you know, as you're working to support the youth ministers in our diocese, you've already kind of spoken to it, but how, how would a youth minister at a parish go about ensuring there's youth ministry, you know, for the children there? Yeah, so I think a huge factor is seeing youth ministry as more than just the programming involved, uh, but supporting young people, I the the goal isn't to bring young people to a youth group. Um, and I think that's a temptation, uh, particularly post-COVID um, and just nationwide youth ministry numbers are hard to achieve. Like it's hard sure. to sustain a group right. of youth ministry. It takes a lot of work and a lot of grit. And, um, but to see it as something more holistic, something more parish-wide, something that involves the parents and something that involves the whole parish that's inviting young people to fall in love with Jesus and to realize that their life has meaning for the church, that they are needed by the church, not in the future, but right now. Amen. And that's that's where the schools and, and youth ministry office share that exact same mission, right? If we can help our young people fall in love with Jesus, amen. But definitely that looks pretty different than just how many people do you have coming to this particular program, right? Yes. So... Um, yeah, love that you're working to grow that discipleship. And I think, obviously, you're saying that probably the core priority for you is supporting the youth ministers at the parish level. If that doesn't succeed, it would be hard to claim that the diocesan director is fulfilling the what's most needed for the diocese. Because the reality is, like, to the level that the diocesan office of youth and young adult ministry is successful is to the amount that we empower parishes, other leaders to do ministry. And yeah, so that's, 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 that's beautiful. The, the, you know that right off the gate. You yeah. have that down. 
That's awesome. But, well, I didn't learn it right away. I learned by trial and failure, you know, trying it the other mm-hmm. way. And then people coming to me and saying, John, you need to delegate. And I was like, what does that look like? And it's, it's taken me time, but people have kind of like helped me along in this. And, uh, but then also just seeing the fruit that happens when you do empower other people to take a lead and see what, see what the Lord does through them. And it's, it's really beautiful experience to see. That is awesome. So as you're working to empower others to take mm-hmm. that, so the teens themselves have leadership opportunities. I think that's one core thing that we, we need to touch on today is that we have this really, I think, very powerful program in our diocesan youth leadership opportunity. But beyond that, you've also worked to provide opportunities for the youth ministers to have other programs they can go to. So we have the confirmation retreat. We have the Diocesan World Youth Day. So there's there's things in place that a youth minister at the local level can point to as, as a program worth investing in. Yeah. So so what are some of those that that are that you're working on, or or those that I name? Like tell us more about them. E- either yeah. way. Great. Yeah. So yeah, we well, we have a Dawson confirmation retreat. It serves our eighth grade students from around the diocese. And uh, having worked at a small parish, I put on my own retreat. It was a lot of work. It was mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but <laughs> when you combine forces and uh, when young people, eighth graders, some of them are sincere about Jesus. Others have never been to adoration before, don't really care about the church much. They're just going through the motions. But when they see many other young people uh, adoring the Lord, praying together at mass, having fun, learning about the sacrament of confirmation can be a very powerful experience. Yes. We've also started teaming up with like missionary teams and other organizations. So uh, in the last few years, Damascus um, Catholic Youth Summer Camp and their their missionary team has been supporting our confirmation retreats, which has been a huge blessing. Yeah. And I think there's some people who might be listening uh, through Spoke Street that, you know, have never heard of Damascus, just as a quick sidebar, just so they have some context there. Tell us a little bit about their ministry. Yeah, for sure. So uh, they have a uh, summer camp out in Santa Ohio that serves middle and high school students. Uh, but it's much more than a summer camp. It's, it's just like a whole mission campus that... Uh, Trying that to transform kids in the yeah. Lord. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so they've uh, established a national team that's uh, served here in our diocese for a number of years. And so our bishop uh, has heard great things and so many of our pastors and youth ministers have shared great feedback from when they've come and helped out with parish retreats or our Catholic high school retreats. And uh, so this again goes to, I've seen the fruit of being the one empowering missionary teams, of empowering youth ministers to do great ministry. Yes. Um, and the Lord has done great things through that. And so it you know, takes some organization behind the scenes to make that all happen. But uh, sometimes you just get to sit back and watch the Lord do his work through the the people he's placed in your life. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So so working on retreats then, hmm? it's it's one aspect of ministry that, that could also, for somebody else, you know, working on, on adult opportunities, there's retreats too. But I, I love that youth ministry in particular has some emphasis on a retreat experience because there's a, almost a recognition knowing that something of the brokenness in our modern world makes it very difficult for somebody who is not already in relationship with the Lord to pursue that relationship, right? There's just so much noise. There's all kinds of things we could point to. So the idea of a retreat is to really step away from that, right? You were already starting to speak to this, but I I think this would be great from listeners. So I'm going to tie this all back to patience in in a little bit here. But but the beauty that you have patiently thought this out, what are some of the things that would make a retreat successful? You were just starting to say that. And of course, then I interrupted you with with Damascus and and giving some context for that, which by the way, I think their summer camp now I've heard has, I, I'm certain as fact, has a very extremely deep wait list. 
What I'm not certain of is exactly how deep that is, but I've heard it can even be like several hundred deep yeah. as people around even the nation now are, are really searching for that. It's been that yeah. powerful. So yes. it's great that they're then sending missionaries out, mm -hmm. you know, to work in other dioceses. So, but anyway, when you're working with those missionaries, when you're working with youth ministers and you're working on a retreat, you mentioned some of this already, but like, what are some of the elements that you seek to offer a retreat, knowing that they're going to come from all walks of life. You might have somebody already formed, even as an eighth grader. They, they have such strong connection to the Lord. It's inspiring, right? Like when we meet kids like that, I think back, I didn't have that level of faith as an eighth grader. Some of our children do, and it's it's really inspiring. But you know also you're serving some some children who are really like, yeah, I'm only here because possibly I'm forced to be by my parent. Yeah. Or maybe I'm not forced, but I, I yeah, I'm here, but I don't really want to be here. Yes. And I just, yeah. So. So what do you try to do with that? Like yeah, what, that, what types of things do you plan for? Yeah, that's all very all very common. Um, what sticks in my heart is what my mom and dad planted in me from a young age, where it was, if you want to meet Jesus, it's like, go to the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And so any, any retreat that I put on is going to have the sacraments, the Eucharist, uh, confession, adoration, as much as possible included. Um, that being said, you have the, you know, we're human beings, body and soul, and particularly with eighth grade students and students who are tend to be online all the time. Yes. Uh, the need to incorporate ways for them to just be eighth graders and to move and to, uh, you know, experience a day that isn't just passive, but also active and finding ways to uh, reflect on what they've learned. Uh, so those would be like some of the things that we would set up in a day to make for a successful retreat. And then like, what what would be the fruit of a good retreat? Um, I love when I hear young people two, three years down the road uh, who say, hey, I experienced that. I want that at my parish or I want this in my college. And what we're starting sure, to see right. is some of our youth ministries are now offering college ministries and I think it's just like a natural growth of good youth ministry means there's going to be college ministry. Because what happens, all these students come back and maybe they're being fed by Newman centers and, you know, Catholic ministry in their college campuses or wherever life has them. Uh, but to serve this next group and to empower them to be leaders and to show them that, you know, taking an active role in the faith in their parish isn't a huge step. It's just continuing what, what's been established and what's been um, given to them. Um, and I've, I guess I've seen this very powerfully uh, in a way with our diocesan youth leadership team. So we have uh, youth from around the diocese who are nominated by youth ministers, or sometimes they just reach out and say, hey, I'd love to be a part of this. And I think so it's such a powerful model. How, how many are on the team right now? Yes, yeah, so we have a team of seven youth from around the diocese right. um, uh, this this year in 2022-23. Uh, and uh, so they, they come from all over. And some of these teams are doing things I didn't even know existed. They're on like junior court like for their county so like if a minor gets charged with a, a crime or they'll have teens be the the you know the prosecutor and really? the jury and, i did not know that myself yeah, and so like this young person wants to be a uh, a lawyer one day and so she's like she's involved there and um and so just all these like leadership roles that they have but then they're they're serious about the faith and what matters most to them is jesus and so they share about inviting their friends to come to mass with them and their friends come and they invite and they talk about being at the dentist office and, you know, the, the hygienist who's working on their teeth is 
asking them questions about the faith. Like, do you Catholics really believe this? And, you know, even with all the dentistry instruments in her mouth, she's like <laughs> preaching the good news, wow. even in the dentistry office. And so like, these are the kinds of leaders we have uh, who have a love for Jesus. And uh, it's really powerful to see. And uh, they're also so open to new ideas, uh, to fresh ideas. And they um, have a sincere love of the young people they're with. Because they like they know their generation in a whole different way than, you know. Than we can. I'm, yeah, being, I'm, we're not too far removed, but it's but, far but enough. By enough, yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so th they've done really powerful ministry. And uh, during the pandemic, we created a virtual confirmation retreat. And it was so inspiring to watch the youth leaders as I told them that, like, we'd got a call from someone from the island of Trinidad uh, saying, like, hey, can we use your retreat resource? And then we had calls from various dioceses around the country. And so for these high schoolers to see that the retreat they put together during a hard time was being utilized by parishes and dioceses from around the country and even the globe Wow. was really empowering. And so they like saw fruit from what they were doing. And that, that was really encouraging to them. So let's think for a minute about like what the teens did in that. Cause I, yeah. I got to see some of that content, yeah. but a listener, this, this will be new. So yeah. what was the, for your teen leaders, what was some of their role for that online retreat or now of course back in person? Like what, yeah. what types of things are they, how are they living their leadership for that effort? Yeah. So uh, witness talks, uh, particularly for young people, witnesses, I mean, Pope Paulus VI spoke of this um, when he was our, Holy Father about that, that the modern man listens more to a witness than to a teacher. And so like witness and talks. a teacher only because the teacher's a witness, yes, right? Yes. Yeah, great quote. I love it. And uh, so witness talks are big. So helping with that, but also like discussion questions. And so, you know, virtual retreat, it's not ideal. <laughs> we don't want to do that anymore. But, uh, but you, there was a need. Yes. And, and you stepped in and the teens helped you and, and they yeah. stepped in to fill that need, right? Right. And, uh, and then encouraging sponsors to journey with us with their young people. So there was, there was an element there of encouraging the sponsor to take on a bigger role than maybe is typically done. Sure. And like, so through some of these resources. So we, we heard some good feedback from it. And for the young people, it, I think it was a really empowering, eye-opening experience of how they, as 16, 17 year olds could be changing literally the world by what yes. they're doing for the Lord. So they're working on the confirmation retreat. They also work to help plan a diocesan level World Youth Day event. So what does that look like? What yeah, kinds of things sure. do you do for that? Yeah, so a little background on World Youth Day. So the every uh, few years since 1985 was the first World Youth Day. Um, and ever since then, the Holy Father has given out a, a World Youth Day theme for young people to reflect on. And then about every three years or so, there's been an international World Youth Day gathering. And so we're, we're preparing now for World Youth Day Lisbon in 2023. And, uh, but yeah, so our diocese, in, the youth conferences had been offered, but uh, after I became the director here, I had been to World Youth Day in Poland, uh, 2016. And uh, that was a really empowering, eye-opening, life-changing experience. And I wanted sure, to bring that to bring that home to the diocese, to people who might not necessarily be able to go to an international world youth sure. day. And to bring some continuity between what we're doing at the diocesan level and what, what the church is doing worldwide. And uh, so just to reflect on the theme that the Holy Father had given us. And so for the last two years, um, you know, we've done diocesan world youth days leading up to world youth day 2023. And so it's been a wonderful uh, life-giving experience. And so our Dyson Youth Leadership Team has helped plan that, uh, both That's those awesome. events. And so giving witness talks, planning the theme, who, what speakers they want to invite, uh, you know, and a lot of the content. 
and then even like a bilingual rosary. And, you know, these little things that sometimes like, boy, it takes effort to make this happen. But then when you have, you know, scholarship applications coming in for World Youth Day and one of the young people writes, it was amazing to have the rosary prayed in two languages and to have it prayed in Spanish. It was like really meaningful to me. And you realize like, wow, you know, it seemed like a small detail, Um, seemed like a lot of work, but it's also like it. But that's what actually made student who like a year or two later is referencing this as a meaningful thing as to why they want to go to World Youth Day in Portugal. So that's that's awesome. And and what a cool thing. So you've talked a little bit about how kind of the core of your work is to support the youth leaders at the parish level. But also one of the ways you're doing that is by offering diocesan level things. And so this this, um, diocesan teen leadership program, giving new opportunities for other youth ministers to plug their teens into, Mm -hmm. pretty great thing to hear about. So for this upcoming World Youth Day, so for Lisbon 23, we're still the better part of, of a year out, but I'm sure the planning has been underway for well before now. What types of uh, hope-wise, like how many teens from our diocese might be headed there? What what would you love to see happen for for that experience? Yeah. I, I think we'll have well over 100 youth and young adults going from our diocese. We have about 25 priests from our diocese signed oh, up incredible. to go. And Bishop Rhodes will be there. And so there's a lot of enthusiasm, like Mother Mary and Our Lady of Fatima is uh, really appealing to so many, uh, but then also Lisbon. And I also think that the Dawson World Youth Day's experience has kind of made World Youth Day more like a thing that people are reflecting on, that they're yes. thinking of. And so they, they, it's just kind of known like, okay, I want to go to World Youth Day. Um, also, uh, just positive experiences so many of the young people applying have mentioned that they've had friends or older siblings who've been to world youth day and they just saw their enthusiasm for the faith their enthusiasm for the lord and just kind of a changed perspective and they said i want that too like i want my faith to be on fire like yeah like these young people want a vibrant faith and i think world youth day provides a, an amazing window into that and so as we as we gear up for uh, this experience, you know, there will be you know formation events, and we'll be encouraging parish communities to do this. Like some of our parishes are sending twenty or more students. It's pretty incredible um, to World Youth Day and uh, to to gather together and to do kind of monthly or every so often you know formation gatherings because events like this, like one of the things I love about my role is that I get to plan big events. I I actually get geeked out about yeah, logistics. Pretty fun, right? Yeah, um, not. As I've talked with youth ministers, I've realized that's not the most common thing to get geeked out about. Uh, but I really do enjoy kind of the logistical back work and like the bigger sure. of the event, the more fun. And uh, so it's a, a real joy to get to work on this. And um, but yeah, but supporting these young people and seeing that it's not just an event. It's not just a trip for 10 days. And then you come back and you're like, wow, that was a really great trip. Uh, the Holy Father, when speaking to the young people of the world in, in Poland in 2016, he said, like, don't just have this be a memory. He's like, let, like, let it change your life. And uh, so he was really urging us, like, don't, don't just have keepsakes of this that just like sit there on your right. shelf and like nothing has changed. And so what happened for me is I was blessed with like a spiritual director to whom I was able to go and just talk for months about World Youth Day, like literally, I mean, everything else in life too, but it all ties together. And 
I, I felt like I came back with a truckload of seeds, not just a bag full, but like a truckload. Sure. And the Lord was like, yeah. go plant them. And I just thought, that's a lot of seeds. Right. Like spiritual seeds that the Lord planted right. because there's no time for it to sprout at World Youth Day. There's sure. just not. You're just like constantly. You're there like for a, about a week. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like a yeah. fire hose and like yeah. all these things. And they're like, Tresla Sue is over there. And you're like, no, she's from France. She's not from Poland. But sure enough, they'd brought her body to. Poland and there she was. So you wow. go and pray in a church where, you know, and Pier Giorgio Frasati's body was there. And wow. like, but those are just like St. Relics and, and not, not to mention all the young people from all over the world. And right. just like the foretaste of heaven you get when every nation on earth is joyously celebrating the Lord and singing chants and waving their flags and just the ardent joy you have at encountering people from other cultures and the thing uniting you is your love for the Lord and his love for you. Well, and so this ties back so beautifully to patience, right? So really World Youth Day, this is probably the first time I've thought this, but it kind of sounds like the retreat of retreats, <laughs> right? And in a certain sense it is because you're, you're having to step back from the rhythm of life. So in that mm-hmm. element it is, but our our holy church is completely present in a powerful way that Okay, so the Holy Father's there, so yeah, that's great. Yeah. I had no idea that in Poland you'd, you'd actually had bodies of saints, relics available to to pray with. And yeah. I mean, like for people of faith, the power of the Holy Spirit that you yeah. can discern in that is is something that if you experience it as a gift from the Lord, like someone will know, right? And But like you can't often, the way the Lord typically, I mean, God can do anything he wants. You could experience that in any capacity, but it often does take stepping back to better discern that. So I hadn't thought about it before now, but I think World Youth Day is, is something like a retreat of retreats. Yeah. But I really was thinking about the patience needed. So you were you were talking about how many seeds the Lord had given you yeah. to, to take from that. So on the one hand, there's this sense about um, when you are trying to grow patience, you have to be willing to step back and reflect, right? And a retreat allows you to do that. And you had the opportunity, maybe uniquely, not many people have that with a spiritual director, to do that reflection over a series of months after you went, right? So that would be one thing that I, I thought we could really um, ask for the Lord's presence in today is that certainly if we're going to grow patience, there has to be some period of reflection. And, and you've done that. What has that reflection borne for you? I'm just summarizing something I heard. God's kind of helped open your heart to Rather than you being the minister to the youth directly, you are ministering probably first and foremost now in your current role to the other youth ministers who are themselves partially ministering to their youth, but really working on teams, right? Yeah. And their teams, it sounds like more and more, Mm -hmm. are including teens themselves. Yeah. Team versus teen, right? I have to articulate that well here on, on our podcast, but... So there's there's the youth leading, but there's other adults helping with that. And and like we said before, if so if a youth minister steps away, there still is that team in place as, as someone comes. So for a parent listening, there's so much education that happens on the youth ministry front. And that's why I really wanted to feature on Spirit in the Schools, because we don't typically think about youth ministry as that's during the school day, even if yeah. it's on a church campus with a school yeah. and shares the facilities, right? But but the education of, yeah, we're going to develop leaders here, and we're going to first teach them, maybe more than anything, to be in the sacraments and to reflect. And I, I actually wanted to compliment you, too, because I, I know enough about your the model that you're following for the diocesan-level youth leaders that the Mass is central to your meeting, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, let's step away. Let's reflect. That reflection for you allowed you to eventually come to the role you're in and continue to spread those spiritual seeds. But I think one other thing about growing patience that came out is that 
besides the idea that you have a goal in mind, so one of your goals is to support your youth ministers. Mm -hmm. You've talked about allowing the Lord to run with that. So two or three years down the road now, for you, it's two or three years in, just now are you seeing college programs supporting, now they are young adults, really. I mean, of course, they, they've become that when they're 18, but they're even older. Those programs for when they're home or when they're maybe in college in town, there's there's the reflection and then an openness to what seeds will come. So I think, you know, that that question of can we grow in patience, that answer is yes, but not if we're not reflecting, right? Mm-hmm. So reflecting in prayer, reflecting with the sacraments, there has to be some level of leadership inherently in that. But if if we're doing that, then an openness to what the Lord gives us is really where the patience comes in because some of the plans you probably came in with very, you mentioned this seven years ago, right? I am here to minister to the youth yeah. and you did that. And it sounds like you really liked doing it too. Right. But you were open in that sense of patience and you realize, wait a minute, I, I'm going to borrow your phrase, right? I geek out about logistics, like, <laughs> but that what we're called, we have to, right? Like if you're not doing that, then the support work needed to make a world youth day happen isn't in place. Yeah. So it doesn't get off the ground. People aren't on the planes. They're not in Lisbon. They, they didn't get that experience. But logistics underlie so much more about, you know, so World Youth Day is a, is a big effort and it does take the year of planning. But it could be an effort to run a fairly basic single-day retreat compared to a World Youth Day week-long, yeah, yeah, right, sure. international. Yet you're still going to need to get people there, to have whatever food's needed, to have your speakers ready, to have them, like all those things. So that is the way the Lord has, you've had your goals, but but allowed you to be open. So that's really uh, kind of what I wanted to close with was that reflection on, can we grow in patience? Yes, but we have to be reflecting, right? We have to be reflecting in prayer and before the Lord sacramentally, and then being open to what God might do. Because some of the some of the goals you've you've learned now, seven years in, aren't what you started with. Does that sound For right? For sure. Oh, yeah. totally. Well, totally. good. Well, I think, John, a, a great closing point might be this. You have worked with... I, I mean, I'm really not even sure at this point, probably hundreds, if not thousands of teens Yes. by virtue of working with the youth ministers, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. So I'm thinking you you might be able to think of uh, either a youth minister or teen and, and not to even name them, but have you found an example of, of just, you know, when you talk about the fruitfulness God's allowed, is there that young person that comes to mind where you've seen like, yeah, they were open and, and whether or not it was like that you saw patience particularly, <laughs> just, you know, a model for you, someone yeah. in your life that you found that has had that reflection and has sought the sacraments. Is there is there a story of that? Because I, I think a closing, like when you talk about seeing the teens transform your own transformation, yeah. somebody come to mind there? I think for me, the the one who comes to mind is a uh, Holy Cross priest that I've gotten to work with a number of times. And the way he interacted, interacts with the young people was so full of patience uh, and but like truly because he looked at them with love and not with annoyance okay yes. okay so yeah. as youth ministers the, <laughs> if you want lots of crazy stories go talk to your youth minister like we've seen it all but we've also seen the crazy stories of people like falling in love with Jesus so like we've yes. seen everything okay? right right but uh, this priest was so gentle and I could tell that the young people, knew that he loved them and they knew he trusted them. And so there was this real respect, like almost adult-like respect that he granted the young people that he served that they rose up to. Uh, And I I find this very 
similar to the methodology of John Paul II, sure. who always spoke to what you should be, not necessarily what you were living, at, like what yes. God called you to be. Yes. And uh, so that kind of like the Lord calling you to something greater, um, I, I think is a great way to be patient. Um, and um, and the young people really, really love that. And when I love that you mentioned gentleness too, because yeah. it, it probably has to be impossible to be authentically patient if we're not first gentle, <laughs> right? And you think about like those classic examples of impatience and, you know, I think about road rage is maybe one yeah, of the yeah. first, right? But like, we're not gentle then. So if we're not gentle, we're not going to grow in patience. We're not going to get that opportunity to reflect and, and so forth. So yeah. thank you for sharing his witness too. Yeah, John, thanks so much for being with us. May the Lord continue to bless you and Jocelyn, the ministers around our diocese. Yeah. And for anyone listening around the nation, as we uh, kind of close today's episode, may the Lord bless us all with an opportunity to grow in patience in all of our schools and all of our families uh, and all of our young and old people alike. God bless you, John. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Zach. God bless. You've been listening to Spirit in the Schools. Zach Coyle has been your producer and host. This episode was edited by Tony Marks. And for more information, go to spokestreet.com slash spirit. Spirit in the Schools. Spirit in the Schools.